0: Daily Sports Talk Show, Nijuan is now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. What up, Montana? Welcome in. Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. We're coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. We have an anniversary here at ESPN Missoula coming up next month, our 10th anniversary. How crazy is that? But Northwest Motorsport, they are also having their anniversary sale right now through the next week or so. They have huge discounts on their lot and at nwmsrocks.com. Check out their huge inventory and huge discounts now at Northwest Motorsports anniversary sale. Big show today, as we always do on Thursdays. It's so weird. It's so hard to get into a routine right now because stop and start, stop and start. Here we go. I've been trying to get into Big Sky Conference basketball, and then I sort of stumbled into it finally on Monday because there was finally a whole slate of games. Usually, you go on your ESPN Plus app Thursdays, Got all sorts of games. Last week, there was none. There was one game in the whole league last Thursday. Um, one each, I should say, on the men's and women's side. So we're trying to get back into it. But full slate of games for the Montana schools and Around the Big Sky. So as we do each Thursday, we'll get things kicked off with Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops So Krista Redpath. She's back in studio. Krista, thank you so much for being here. Good to see you. Thank
1: you, Coulter. It's good to be back. We
0: will also be talking... Um, all the way around the wide world of sports with our good friend Carolyn. I gave her a homework assignment. It was reading a profile about her favorite person, Tom Brady. <laughs> if you've been following along, you know Carolyn does not like Tom Brady. So I'm making her read a long-form Sports Illustrated story. Maybe not her favorite thing. But also the NFL playoffs coming up as well. So Brooks Nuana swung by earlier this week. Give us his thoughts on uh, the weekend upcoming. And then we'll talk some men's hoops as well. We've talked a lot of men's hoops throughout this week already. Heard from Danny Sprinkle Earlier this week, also for Robbie Beasley from the uh, Montana men's basketball team and sort of diagnosed the league as a whole uh, for about 45 minutes on Tuesday's show as well. So uh, moving forward here now, though, you can almost always expect Thursdays to be all basketball leading into your evening of Big Sky Conference hoops. The Lady Grizz, back in town, their first game since January 6th. They host Portland State tonight, Dahlberg Arena. So stay tuned for that as well. We got four sets of tickets, eight total tickets for you. So be giving those away throughout uh, the first hour uh, of this show. And uh, happy to be here with you on a Thursday. hope you're having a great Thursday. Drive slow out there because it's a little weird. It keeps raining and snowing and the variable temperatures, and it's all over the place. But uh, thank you so much for being here uh, with us today. You want to stream the show, listen to the show anywhere besides your traditional radio or television, you can always go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab, you'll find the stream. If you want to be a part of the show, you want to call us, text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888 Remember that because, again, we have four sets of Lady Grizz tickets. We also have a six-pack and a sandwich, courtesy of Warden's Market, and we also have a couple vouchers to the AC Hotel for some brunch and mimosas. Sounds pretty good to me. So keep that number in mind, 406 Before we dive into Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops, Krista, you're a big San Francisco 49ers fan. There's actually a lot of San Francisco 49 ers people around here. Uh, it makes sense just because of the regionality of it and because for so long the Niners were such a premier franchise. So people of a certain age in, in Montana, I think, gravitated towards a couple teams. The Broncos and the Niners were kind of the teams of our age demographic, that was those are some because there wasn't NFL Sunday Ticket, and all this stuff. It was like the Niners, the Broncos, the Packers. That's what's on TV. But what do you think of the Niners' run? That was a big win last week over the Cowboys.
1: Really big win. Uh, we were going a little crazy in our house. <laughs> so very excited for Saturday. Although Aaron Rodgers, anytime you play Aaron Rodgers, it's scary. I think he's legit. He's a player that you don't want to like, but you just have to.
0: My brother and I talk about this a lot. They. There's such a strong dichotomy because uh, an athlete as a performer and an athlete as a person are oftentimes two different things. I find myself loving a lot of athletes to watch them and despising listening to them talk. How do you divide it? How do you do it? But then I also wonder, though, we wouldn't know nearly as much about these athletes if it wasn't for the world that we live in right now. If Aaron Rodgers wasn't on a podcast every day, you know, just being so snarky and and self-important like he likes to do, then would we really despise him as much? I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these athletes have been sort of the same level of egotistical for all of time. It's just a matter of how much exposure they get now.
1: I mean, and how can you not love like George Kittle with right. his presence too? So you can see the other side of it is you get to know players that maybe you wouldn't get to know because they're not Aaron Rodgers that's on a podcast every day. Um, Debo Samuel. Oof, he's tough. Colter. He is. I I love him. uh, He is so much fun to watch. And I'm a huge Bosa fan. I'm hoping that he's going to be okay. I don't know for sure, Nick Bosa. Um, But, yeah, just excited to be there and hope to go into Green Bay. It's probably going to be freezing at Green Bay. I think
0: it's uh, supposed to be a high of four. Jeez. That's the other thing, though, that's so interesting, too, because – these guys put themselves in a position to be polarizing even if they're not, right? Like, that's just sort of the state of society right now, too. Because for all the haters out there that Aaron Rodgers elicits for himself, which are fully justifiable because he is just so arrogant. Todd Brady, same way. But then you have guys like Steph Curry who just couldn't be more nice and cool. I mean, he's just awesome, and he still has haters, too. So it's kind of just how it works in the world these days. You're just going to have haters if you're just in the spotlight, I think. Very true. Let's dive into it. Around the Big Sky in women's hoops, the Crystal Red Pass. She is our Big Sky Conference insider. We'll be doing this each week leading up to the Big Sky Conference tournament in Boise, Idaho. This week's Around the Big Sky in women's hoops presented by Cloth & Crown. Cloth & Crown is a beautifully curated women's clothing boutique located right here in the heart of the Garden City, downtown Missoula. Selling good taste, quality, and confidence. You will find alluring garments, apothecary, jewelry, and leather both in-store and online. Visit clothandcrown.com to learn more. And uh, you're probably wearing some Cloth and Crown things right now. I Cloth and Crown,
1: something designed by Jenna Smith right here, this sweater, some mother denim, definitely decked out in her apparel. I
0: gotta love it. I I love these uh, Missoula downtown uh, business owners all the way around, Uh, but particularly some of the boutiques, and Cloth and Crown is definitely one of the best. I love that name, too. Very, very catchy, and uh, they have all sorts of unique things. So if you have a chance, you're wandering around downtown Missoula, go check out Cloth and Crown, or you can always... Check them out online as well, clothandcrown.com. Before we get into some of the details of the Women's League, we talked about how it's been sort of hard to get into a routine following Big Sky Hoops, men and women. But now here we are in this, uh, I'm not going to say dire situation yet, but it's complicated. It's sort of convoluted because the Big Sky made the decision uh, at the opening of 2022 that games that had been postponed could be rescheduled. The most obvious day to reschedule those games are on Mondays. Well, now we've had a whole bunch of cancellations the last couple, or I guess postponements the last couple of weeks that have resulted in a whole bunch of reschedulings on Monday. And now we have all sorts of teams on both the men's and women's league staring at what looks like NBA schedules to me. I mean, the Lady Grizz, for example, have 10 games in the next 24 days, including six road games in six different states. I don't think you're going to find another league in America where that's the scenario. I don't
1: think you can find a harder stretch. February 7th at Southern Utah, February 10th at NAU, and then, again, right on the 12th at Portland. So it's like, are you? that is a long stretch. It's a long stretch.
0: Yeah, and it's across the board. I mean, like the Idaho men are quickly approaching a scenario where they're going to have to play eight games in 17 days. I mean, the infamous five games in nine days that NBA players have to do, every NBA team will tell you, The five and nine on the road, that's where you rest your superstars. That's where you know. I mean, it's a scheduled loss by the time you get to the fifth game because you just can't handle it. And these are NBA guys. So I don't really know how uh, college basketball players are going to be able to navigate this. But we're not here to to tell you what we should should do any better because I don't have a solution. It's just going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of impact in the solidification of this schedule. I mean, it's just going to be really hard on the athletes, I think.
1: I think if you were a team that was sick and was under protocol, you're hoping that COVID is out of your system and you took advantage of that time to get yourself healthy. Because I think what it's going to come down to, Coulter, is health, but also mental health. Sure. On which teams are going to be able to persevere down the stretch. And you want to be playing your best basketball in March. And so you have to look at that as a coach. You don't want to wear your team out. You don't want to have these long practices mixed with all these road games. It could be detrimental.
0: The, uh, the irony here is that I know a great deal, many people that are listening to this show are people either in Montana or with strong ties to Montana. I know basketball fans particularly of the University of Montana's two teams have been very vocal in opposition for the neutral site tournament that we have every year. And now we're in year seven, so... You know, no use crying over spilt milk. It's not going anywhere. I could give you all the arguments for why it is the best way to do things, uh, but we won't bore you with that right now. But it is sort of ironic because um, the the fact that every team makes the tournament now, that's actually the ideal scenario for this. Because to me, and I'm not trying to be uh, Debbie Downer, but – I don't think that there's any scenario on the earth where all the Big Sky teams play all their conference games before Boise. I think we're going to have something that's going to get pushed aside, which is fine. But I do think that more than any other year, getting ready for and being prepared for the tournament in Boise is going to be the key.
1: Right. I think they're setting it up, too, for an upset. Right, Right. Colter? I mean, you have all 11 teams. I mean, we can take a look at some crazy history of the Big Sky Conference tournament. Um, The year that Montana State was upset, when they were, I mean, that was the first year in in Reno. And they were a number one seed, and they were upset by a number nine seed in Idaho State. Okay, so, you know, they had just come off of a brutal uh, road stretch of games, Coulter, and then they're forced to come in and play an Idaho State team. That and again, I'm not going to get into specifics, but they'd already had a chance to play sure. that game, yeah, yeah. right? Yep. So then you're you got these buys, these first round yep. buys. Did they really help you?
0: Yeah, right, totally. It, it is there, there's a whole there's a whole psychological dynamic to it. We've seen it in the men's tournament frequently, where the before the top five seeds got buys when it was just one through four, you'd see the five seed play the twelve seed, and this happened three years in a row in Reno. The 5-seed would play the 12-seed and smack them and then get to play the 4-seed who'd been sitting around for three days. And, oh, by the way, the All-League Awards get announced and you're sitting there watching tournament basketball. And we saw the 4-seed lose three out of four years to the 5-seed because already those teams are pretty close in competition level and the 5-seed had a chance to settle in, get a win, have a day off, and then play. So it is. It's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. Uh, But, again, we're not here to dissect what should be happening with the schedule as much as just what's happening when these games are played. And we do have a full slate of games tonight to be played. So let's get into that around the big sky in women's hoops, the crystal red path presented by cloth and crown. You play for the lady Grizz, uh, back in the height of the Robin Selvig era and, uh, your lady Grizz teams made it to four consecutive NCAA tournaments, but I have a couple broad questions for you just about the league in general. First of all, when you get in the heart of conference play, I know this is a little different analysis now because all these games are so stacked up. But just broadly, when you get into conference play, sort of the rhythm of conference play, how does it change? How much different is it when you're playing familiar opponents as opposed to maybe non-conference opponents?
1: Well, I definitely think when we had our non-conference opponents, Colter, back when I was playing, we were looking for a better seating. So we needed to schedule those ranked teams and go out and beat a Western Kentucky on their home floor, go beat a Colorado down at the Rice Tournament like we did because that was going to help us get a better seeding. We are a number nine seed my sophomore year against against Texas Tech. I mean, that's a great seeding. I don't think there's been a Big Sky team. I would look at... um, Let's see, Northern Colorado was a 10 They were a
0: 10 That was a couple uh, years ago when yes. Savannah Smith was there. Right. Cam Kami was still the head coach, yep.
1: And that year, um, they beat the number 25th te- ranked team in the country, DePaul. They had right. wins against LSU, BYU. Sure. So those games became more instrumental, right, in that seeding, and that's what gives you the respect. The landscape in the big sky was different back in my day. Sure. Boise State was just leaving. Um, Cal State Northridge was still in the conference. We had some battles with some teams, but I would also say Coulter, some changes are the veteran leaders in the program with the John Newleys, this Coach Sobolewski's that now are bringing up the Idaho's because they've been there for a while.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's the other dynamic in the league that I love studying the history of how leagues evolve in not in every sport and the way that certain. Teams or programs can have success. Then they they become pace setters. And oftentimes, either the, the, um, the way that you derail the team that's leading the way is to either copy them and figure out a way to do it better or go completely opposite of them. Like you look at Big Sky Conference football. The Grizz were running the ball down everybody's throat. So what did Eastern Washington decide to do? Go get the best quarterback that they possibly could and throw the ball a million times a game the sort of uh, pendulum swings, the yin and yang. Mm-hmm. That's very much true in the Big Sky Conference in women's basketball. Robin Selvig was the godfather of the league for almost four decades. And the Lady Grizz did it with one of the most tried and true formulas you'll ever see. Out-rebound your opponent, hold him under 35% shooting, play tough nose defense, it doesn't matter if we score 50 or 100, we're going to take care of the things we can control, his vaunted zone and uh, just his ability to get the most out of his players from a toughness perspective unparalleled in this league. But we saw some teams maybe try to replicate that, but more we saw some of the teams try to go the other way. And that's why we've seen John Newley at Idaho for 14 years. So many three-point shooters. Trisha Benford running a wide-open spread offense, trying to beat the zone, the the Vaunted Selvig zone, in a different form or fashion. But that's where I think that the league has been on the brink of sort of a transition into, I mean, the the post-Selvig era is already upon us it's been going for a while now but now you have three coaches in the league that have been here for almost 15 years each in Trisha Benford at Montana State Seton Sobolewski at Idaho State and John Newley at Idaho and sort of the none of those three have been able to fully seize as the flagship sort of of the league and Northern Colorado has absolutely been in the mix there too as sort of that that premier team so There isn't as much copycatting or or sort of playing in in that area, but it it is fascinating to see the way that this whole thing has evolved.
1: For sure. I mean, I look at a Coach Sobolewski, very defensive-minded. If I had to pick one coach that would replicate or follow in Robin Selvig's path, it would be Coach Sobolewski. And when you look at that neutral site culture, Idaho State has consistently been there in those neutral site tournament games because of the gritty defense. And now we're seeing all of a sudden at Montana, that defense is returning. I mean, they're number five in the nation right now, defensively. Totally. And you start looking at those types of statistics and looking at Coach Holsinger, and thinking, okay, the Lady Grizz have hung their hat on defense. It's great to see them, the leaders again in in those areas.
0: What other differences do you notice when you watch the league compared to maybe uh, when you were playing or or when you were first out and first started to follow it from a a non-player perspective?
1: You know, I, I think obviously the the play all around has gotten better. I mean, players are training year-round now. They've got trainers. They've got access to a lot more travel teams. We're seeing the level of play for females just being elevated totally. across the conference. Um, so I see some differences in it. Um but for the most part, it's basketball is basketball, totally. right? And I played on some great teams. I think our championships were really won on the blacktop outside of Sentinel High School <laughs> right. in the summer times because that's where we were playing a lot of basketball. And I'm telling you, that's when Skyla Cisco and I developed our chemistry. Totally, absolutely. Um, or things like that. And so you don't want to overcomplicate it. And you wonder sometimes you take two steps forward and then one step back. Um, you know, I think there's some just evolution with the game.
0: No question. And I actually thought that that's been one of my biggest criticisms is the wrong word, but but critiques of modern college basketball, current day college basketball on both the men's and women's side is sort of the overcomplication of it. The defenses are just so intricate. People are changing defensive sets on every possession, but the offensive sets are crazy too. But I think that's the place where actually the women's game is taking the biggest step is how proficient some of the best women's basketball teams can run their offensive sets. I see much better offensive execution in the women's game than in the men's game at this current point. And uh, I think that's what makes it so much more visually appealing than it ever has been.
1: And it's played below the rim. Right. There's something about, you know, men's basketball, you just jump up and slam. You know, totally. women have to make good passes. They're not going to have that athleticism that is going to have the game be above the rim. It's, it's, such it's more a, fundamental.
0: It's such a good point because I think that the one of the biggest hurdles that women's basketball had from a consumer perspective for so long was just comparing it directly to the men's game. And haters would just say, well, it's just boring. They they play below the rim. Once it was accepted that the game is played below the rim, I actually think it's developed into a, a distinctly different sport than what men's college basketball is, and in my personal opinion, actually significantly better if you're a basketball purist.
1: I think it's more authentic. I do think that you look at Montana, Lady Grizz basketball, that's their own brand. They built that here. The fans are different. They came to watch a certain style of play, and you look at it; it's just different fan environments. Totally. Different
0: games. it's so funny because I have a we have a couple new photographers helping us out, and one of whom is a female, and she uh, had uh, never been to any Lady Grizz stuff, and she shot a couple men's games and then shot a couple women's games. And after the women's game, she was like. I just think it's so interesting. Those fans are so crazy, and I was like, "Oh no, this isn't a new phenomenon. This has been going on for like four decades." And uh, but but welcome to the jungle, you know. I love I love hearing her say it and reinforcing what we've always known to be true around the Big Scan Women's Soups. At Krista Redpath is presented by Cloth and Crown. Cloth and Crown a great boutique downtown in Missoula. And Krista, I know that you know the owner and founder of of Cloth and Crown very well. And I, I know you said they have a great sort of backstory on how they they started this whole journey as a downtown boutique owner here in the Garden City. So go ahead and tell it. What's sort of the backstory of Cloth & Crown?
1: Well, I love the story of Jenna Smith, who's the owner. She grew up in Kauai, in Hawaii, um, raised by a single mom and with her sister. And I think things were tight, obviously financially. And so she did a lot of thrifting and making of her own clothes. And that's where she really got interested in fashion. She went to fashion school at the University of Hawaii and received her degree in apparel product design and merchandising. And then she had a boyfriend who's a fifth generation Montanan and they made the move back to Missoula and Cloth and Crown was born just a couple years later. And they're going to celebrate their 12th Anniversary next month, Coulter, which is quite an accomplishment to run a boutique in downtown Missoula with all the ups and downs um, with the economy. She has three daughters also, and it's just really admirable that she's been able to build this business.
0: Gotta love it. That's what makes Missoula and Montana so great is just people with dreams and aspirations that want to make it happen in a great place like the Garden City and a great place like the Treasure State. So very cool cloth and crown presenter of this week's around the big sky in women's hoops. Let's talk some Lady Grizz. Montana hosts Portland State tonight, 7 p.m., Dahlberg Arena. You want to go? Call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. We got tickets for you. Call us right now, 406-888-1029. And uh, we'll just go caller number one. We got two tickets to the Lady Grizz game against Portland State tonight. Lakers are back home for the first time in a while. They are also just playing for the first time in a long time. This is their first game since January 6th, and uh, only their, I guess, second game, third game of 2020. So it's been sort of hard to analyze this team because we haven't seen much of them in Big Sky play recently. Right now, 14 games into the Brian Holsinger era, Where are we at with the Lady Girls? What's your biggest question mark right now that that stands within the program?
1: Well, I think question mark is consistency on the offensive end. But I want to back up just for a minute and just say how much I really like the Spontana roster. Sure. And how exciting it is. When I look at every single position, you get fired up, Coulter. Yep. Because from the guard play of Sophia Stiles and Sammy Fatkin, who are leading the way, to uh, Heward who is a freshman, coming in, um, mixing in with this starting lineup to Carmen G. Feller and Abby Anderson underneath. It's very exciting when you look at the potential, and they're also deep. They're taking a couple players off the bench, and Danny Barsh, um, Katerini, Katerina um, Chinake also coming off the bench now. It's just very exciting, but I think if you're Coach Holsinger, you're looking for that consistency offensively. But isn't every coach?
0: No question. And I, I think that that's like one of the main carryovers of Robin Selvig's influence not only on the University of Montana, but a a, a big-sham conference basketball uh, on the women's side as well as throughout the West as well. I mean, when I was a young reporter and I was working at the school newspaper, that was my first beat, and I used to interview Coach Selvig every week, and I would ask him all these intricate statistical questions, and in typical Robin fashion, he'd be like, Colter, you're making this way too complicated. He said, if we hold our opponent under 35% and we win the rebounding margin by five or more, we're going to win. I don't care about this or that or how many threes they shoot or how many threes we're going to shoot. If we just win the rebounding margin and they shoot less than 35%, we will win. He said, just write that every week and that's what I'm going to tell you. And and it is true. And uh, like you say, everybody's looking for their offensive efficiency to to come along. But if you're giving up 35% shooting or less and you're giving up low point totals like the Lady Grizz are, that's a good place to start.
1: Coach Hulsinger likes that defensive pressure, right? Right? He likes to have players get up in and take away passing lanes and make it challenging for teams to get comfortable in their offense. It's almost like a disruption, right? Yep. Playing Portland State tonight, it's going to be interesting. Portland State, if I were to flip it and look at Coach Greg, I would say that they have been getting consistently out-rebounded. Right. And so this could be a Not a good thing for them against a Montana team that's strong underneath. I mean, you take a look at Sophia Stiles. She's averaging 6.7 rebounds a game.
0: She's the the best rebounding guard in the league right now. Best
1: rebounding guard. I mean, her stat line across the board is great, but she's also rebounding the basketball in addition to Carmen G. Feller and Abby Anderson. So if you are Portland State, you are thinking about that. You're thinking, you know, we've got to make sure that we box out and get on the glass.
0: The other... Point which you touched on there is that you like the roster, and so much of the roster is returning players. From what we've seen with uh, the Lady Grizz the last several years, and I think that's the other part that that seems striking to me. And it's one of my biggest criticisms uh, before Brian Holsinger took over was just sort of the sporadic nature in which roles were being defined or lack thereof, mm-hmm. and the sporadic nature of rotations or lack thereof. Now it seems like there's a lot. It's a lot more structured and a lot more. It's being communicated a lot better.
1: He is going to play his starters the majority of the time. He's going to go two more deep, That he's going to take off the bench, which would be a Danny Barsh, and now a Katarina Chinake. Yep. Okay, and then you've got the Kylie Froelichs and the Kendall Kellers. Kendall Keller's not getting as many minutes this year. I think her future is very bright for the Lady Grizz, but she's just not there this year. He's made it very clear how he's going to play his players this year. So there are no questions as a player, Coulter. I mean, I think that's one thing about Robin Selvig that was so, um, it it was a comfort in a way that you earned your spot and then he he didn't play around with rotations a lot. You just had to continue to earn it, but he didn't pull you. You knew how many minutes you were going to play. I think that there is something to be said about that consistency.
0: I also think that it's pretty clear that unless you are uh, an exceptional talent, which Haley Hewitt is an exceptional talent. She she was a four-star recruit. Uh, coming out of Valor Christian High School and a really good get for Montana. But unless you are, you sort of have to bide your time and cut your teeth. And that's how it always was at Montana and also across the league. And a, a great testament to some of the other coaches in the big sky that have brought in impact freshmen. I mean, John Newley is probably the one that comes to mind first because he brought in such impact freshmen. I mean, Michaela Friends, one of the best players in the league the day she stepped on the campus at Idaho. Um
1: Taylor Pierce, Taylor Pierce, now no, for, no question. Coaching for Coach Newley, no
0: question. And Darian White, a couple years ago, Montana State was just such an impact player right away too. But that's that's not the norm, and I think that it's very, it's, it's uh, proving true right now in Montana that that Coach Holsinger is, is putting a high priority on his veteran players as well.
1: Right, I do think you take a look at it. I mean, I'm not going to digress too much, but a Darian White comes into Montana State Coulter, and she comes into a. Very veteran team. And so sometimes I think you bring these players in, they just fit in the right timing with these programs, right? And and you take a look at Montana, talk about Haley Heward. Coach Hulsinger has her in the starting lineup because she's got height, right? Yep. She's six one. And can so shoot it. He, and she can shoot it. So he's hoping that it's going to create some offensive momentum right out of the shoot for Montana. And he thinks that's gonna give them a better shot in the opening quarter of the game.
0: Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops the Chris red path. Presented by Cloth & Crown this week. Proud to have Cloth & Crown as a presenting sponsor here on ESPN Radio. You're listening to Nuwana's now. Montana, their last time out, by the way, I mentioned January 6th. There was a 68-50 win over Eastern Washington. We'll talk about Eastern a little bit later on in the show because they have uh, broken through a little bit the last couple weeks, got their first two conference victories this last weekend. So we'll talk about the Eagles uh, a little bit later on. We have more tickets for you, though, to tonight's game. So call us right now. I actually got a four-pack of tickets this time. So call us, 406-888-1029. Lady Grizz, host Portland State, Dahlberg Arena. Call us right now, 406-888-1029. got a four-pack of tickets to tonight's game. Lady Grizz hosting Portland State. And you sort of mentioned the the uh, Portland State coaching staff, which is new. But it's interesting to me, too, because they have some strong Montana ties as well. Because Chelsea Gregg... Played uh, college ball, or I guess started her college coaching career, excuse me, at at, uh, University of Great Falls. Her husband is one of her head assistants. Also has ties to University of Great Falls, which is now the University of Providence. And uh, so some Montana flavor on the the, uh, Portland State bench tonight here in Missoula.
1: Sure, there might be some people making the drive over from Great Falls, Coulter.
0: Totally. I mean, I know... Uh, one of my buddies, who's here in Missoula, he played hoops at Great Falls, and he knows the Gregs very well. So I think that he's going to be uh, going to the game, say what's up to those guys. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there probably is some some people that will be there in support of both squads tonight at Dalberg Arena.
1: And you take a look at Chelsea Gregg? I mean, they have had a rough go, Portland State. When you look at their cancellations and COVID stops and starts, they're a program that you just have to take a look at and think they have been most affected.
0: Totally. Totally.
1: Um, but I look at her, and she has some nice players that are coming on early, a couple of nice freshmen, um, and also. You know, spent she spent all those years under Lynn Kennedy, yes. and I think that they did have some success there, right? Back to back semifinal semi, semifinal appearances, yep. tournament champs. What's the tournament? Yep. In 2019, the year that the Splash Sisters went cold. Speaking of the right. Splash Sisters, against
0: that zone, against exactly. the Boston Lynn Kennedy zone,
1: and they were a number four seed. So if we're going to talk about seeding here to bring this whole broadcast full circle, totally. there's a number four seed that won the championship.
0: Does Portland State rely on the the zone as as much as they did? They do. Or, yeah. They
1: play zone, so it's embedded in her, and that's where I was going sure. is, is that Chelsea Gregg has some things that she's picked up over the years but she has stayed tried and true to coach Kennedy's zone again we haven't seen them play as much right so sure. we'll see what she brings out to today I mean she's going to try to pack it in obviously with the big presence for Montana underneath mm-hmm. too and I think that's again if you're coach Holsinger, you like that inside out look um, because you do have outside shooters and an outside presence dribble penetrate with Sophia Styles. so it'll be interesting to see tonight
0: More on tonight's game in Missoula, more on the Lady Grizz, and more on the Montana State Bobcats. Coming up next on Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, which this week is presented by Cloth & Crown. Cloth & Crown opened in the spring of 2010 in a quaint yet hip downtown Missoula. They pride themselves on offering the best customer service and support to their customers. They also offer private shopping events and styling services. All you have to do is email owner Jenna Smith for more details Jenna at clothandcrown.com, or you can visit clothandcrown.com to check out all of their inventory. One more set of Lady Grizz tickets, plus some more analysis on tonight's game in Missoula, some thoughts on the Northern Arizona game in Bozeman against Montana State. That's probably the game of the night in the Big Sky Conference. And some other thoughts around the Big Sky Conference. keep it right here, ESPN Radio. in Missoula Sports Center. Big to conference. Basketball is back for Montana and Montana State beginning tonight. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. All four Division I basketball teams around the state of Montana are coming off of unplanned, elongated pandemic breaks. In Missoula Thursday night, the Montana Lady Grizz are back on the court for the first time since drilling Eastern Washington on January 6th. Montana's first of three games in a five-day stretch begins against the Portland State squad with an 0-4 record in league play. Lady Grizz are 3-2 in league play. UM has 10 games in the next 24 days, including six Road games in six different states. The Montana men take the court for the first time since falling to rival Montana State 66-59 in Bozeman on January 9th. The Grizz play at Portland State, a team with a two and three mark in league play, while UM is four and two in conference. The Montana State women played a makeup game Monday, beating Idaho 79-69 in Bozeman. MSU hosts upstart Northern Arizona for the second game of a four-game homestand over the next seven days. MSU's win over Idaho moved them to three and two in league play. NAU enters the game with a a 4-1-1 mark against Big Sky competition. And the Montana State men take the court for the first time since that rivalry win over the Grizzlies, MSU's first since 2017. The Bobcats take on NAU and Flagstaff tonight. MSU is 4-2 in league, while the Lumberjacks are 2-2 two two in Big Sky play. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Bad habits sleep late. You can call me soft, whatever. I love Ed Sheeran. This stuff's good. I do, too. Well, more acceptable for you, uh, a lovely lady, uh, also a mother of teenagers. Maybe not as much for me, but, you you know, like I always say on the show, you can't judge me for my musical taste. I love it all. so funny, though. I was listening to this song on our sister station, The U, 104.5. And uh, I thought it was, you know, Sam Mendes or Jonas Brothers or something. And then when I heard it was Ed Sheeran, I was like, oh, that's cool. I, I could like that a little bit more. Welcome back around the Big Sky Women's Hoops The Krista Redpath here on Nuana's Now. Krista in studio with us. We do this the first hour of each Thursday's show. Why Thursday? Well, that's a big night in Big Sky Conference Hoops for both men's and women. So we'll get you all set up throughout the next eight weeks for both women's action during the first hour and men's action in the second hour. So be sure to tune in, not only on Thursdays, but throughout the week from 4 to 6 p.m. Here on ESPN Missoula, maybe you're watching in SWX Montana Television. Speaking of SWX Montana, for your scheduling uh, necessities, Monday is the rescheduled version of the rivalry basketball game between Montana and Montana State that did not take place back on January 9th, and Krista will be on the call. So Chris Byers, Chris Redpath, and our good friend Alex Eshelman We'll all be on the call on Monday from the Brick Breeden Fieldhouse. 7 p.m. tip, right?
1: 7 p.m. So I'm hoping lots of fans will come out on a Monday. I mean, Montana State has brought the fans this year in all avenues. Totally. Just hoping they'll make the trek to the Brick on Monday
0: night. It's always going to be a ferocious rivalry for sure. It is sort of unfortunate that this is going to be the fourth game in seven days for Montana State. And uh, that it's going to be the third game in five days for Montana. And then it's on a Monday. But... Let's put all that notion to rest. Go to the brick if you can, and if you can't, check out SWX Montana Television for your rivalry game between Montana and Montana State women on Monday. A couple more questions about uh, tonight's game here in Missoula before we get into the game tonight in Bozeman featuring Northern Arizona at Montana State and to some other Big Sky Conference stuff. First of all, Lady Grizz host Portland State. We got a four-pack of tickets for you, this last one. Call us right now, 406 888 one zero two nine. That's four zero six triple eight one zero two nine. We got a four pack of tickets for tonight's game, Portland State at Montana. Call number one. That's all you need to do. Call us. you can swing by the station, or one of us can meet you down there because I think a, a great many of us are going to the game tonight. So give us a call right now, triple eight one zero two nine. And also, if you want to go to Boise Big Sky Tournament, March seventh through the thirteenth, at Bo- in Boise, Idaho. We got two passes to that for you as well. It's our Skyline Sports Big Sky Conference Tournament Giveaway. All you have to do is tweet us, either at Skyline MT at Crystal Redpath on Twitter, or if it's easier to text, you can text 406-888-1029 as well. So we'll be doing that, getting entries. All you got to do is text Big Sky in Boise and let us know you're interested in going to the Big Sky Tournament. We've got a couple of weeks to do it, but keep those texts coming in. Multiple entries mean multiple chances for you to win. Crystal, last uh, couple questions about tonight's game between Mo- the Montana Lady Grizz and, and Portland State. Uh, we sort of talked about Chelsea Gregg in her first year as the head coach at Portland State. Some of the carryover from when Lynn Kennedy was there at Portland State. And by the way, he did do a good job. He did a great job leading Portland State to, I believe, their first ever NCAA tournament, right? Right. And uh, so much of that was predicated on the style that they play. They ran um, a very defined 2-3 zone, and they still do that. But so much of it was ba- so much of their success came from the scheme combined with the personnel. When you have somebody like Ashley Bolston on top of that zone, I mean, she was just such she was such a next level athlete. I mean, she's a Pac-12 athlete for sure, so she could disrupt things without really even putting that much effort in. And then you also had um, Courtney West, who was sort of an anomaly. Anom- uh, yeah, I mean, she's like an anomaly in the big sky. I mean, She's six five, and so she was just a complete dominant force in the middle. So. Portland State is off to an 0-4 start in Big Sky Conference play. How much of that is a personnel thing, just sort of adjusting, or or how much of his new coaching staff, what's sort of the, the hiccup right now for PSU? Well,
1: they lost a couple key players last year. Kylie Jimenez transferred yep. to, entered the transfer portal, went to Nevada. That's where her sister's playing. Desiree Hanson followed Coach Kennedy to McNeese State. Those are two gaps within Portland totally. State that you just can't plan for that transfer portal. Right, Coulter? And it, it is tough when you lose players that are veteran players that have had a lot of minutes.
0: Well, especially as some Kelly Menez. I mean she started every single game of her Portland State career. I mean, she was the the person with the ball in her hands for 4 years. So yeah, it is. it's very hard to replace. Right.
1: I think Portland State showed a lot of resiliency against Eastern. They got it back within 5 after trailing by 21 points. They're also they shot 16 of 17 from the free throw line. They are I think, 18th in the nation right now. In fact, I know they are for free throw percentage. So they're a good free throw shooting team. You know, again, the rebounds. They got out-rebounded 31-54 to by Eastern. So that's something they have to clean up. But all in all, I think what you have to think about when you think of Portland State... She's trying to find rotations um, when most coaches already know their rotations and they are looking um, to have combinations on the floor. I don't think it's set for her yet. And there are players that haven't quite fit roles or haven't fulfilled where she wants to be. They're young. Um, I think they have a lot of, uh, you know, I think they have some potential this year.
0: Lady Grizz are uh, off to a 3-2 and start in conference play. What are the keys for Montana tonight? Because Montana's biggest advantage, I think, personnel-wise in this league is their front court, led by Carmen G. Feller and Abby Anderson. But they also have tremendous guards, especially with the reemergence of Sammy Facken. But oftentimes the zone's whole premise is to clog up the middle, not let you hurt the team down low, but also force you into some bad shots from outside. What's the key for Montana tonight?
1: Well, you just nailed it right there in that, you know, Portland State is going to look to try to rush and have you take a shot that is an okay shot. Sure. And so I think if you're Montana, you need to pass up good shots for great shots. You need to use that shot clock. You want to get some offensive momentum going early. The crowd gets behind you. It should be a good one tonight. I think everyone's missing Lady Grizz basketball in Missoula. There'll probably be over 2,000 fans there tonight just ready to go. I think you get that momentum early, um, but I really think you get key defensive stops in your, when you're in Brian Holsinger's system, and that leads to offensive opportunity. So I think that if you're Montana, you want to find your go-to scorers, and you have plenty of them to choose from because there are quite a few offensive weapons.
0: Around the Big Sky in Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath, presented this week by Cloth & Crown. At Cloth & Crown, they put a high priority on made-in-the-United-States apparel and versatile essentials, that serve as anchor pieces for the contemporary woman's wardrobe and lifestyle. From tried and true lines like Mother, day and Citizens of Humanity, to emerging designers specifically, many ethical female-owned small-batch brands. No fast fashion here. Come visit Cloth & Crown, or you can visit and see all of that great inventory at clothandcrown.com. The Bobcats back at home tonight. This is not their first game in a little while because they played on Monday, and a little bit of a breakthrough with Montana State beating Idaho 79-69, to a good victory for MSU. And now they are in the midst of a stretch of four games in seven days, but they're all at Brick Breed and Fieldhouse. We've talked a little bit about Montana State already in in this uh, this series so far this season, but to me, this homestand is an essential one for Montana State. I think they have an opportunity to get some momentum and sort of prove that they are a contender in this league. What do you hope to see for Montana State? both tonight against Northern Arizona, who is one of the best teams in the league, but as well as throughout the rest of this homestand.
1: Well, I think this is going to be a great game tonight. One of the ones to watch around the big sky. Um, I think that if you're Montana State... You're trying to put together a full, consistent game. And I think that's been something that they've struggled with, too, is finding those additional offensive weapons. You've got Darian White that's the leader in everything. And even when we interviewed Coach Benford a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Darian doing everything yep. out there. But what needs to happen is other players need to step up on that offensive end to take some of that pressure off of Darian because they'll guard you more honest. Right now they can key on Darian, right? And they don't necessarily have any other weapons that are consistently scoring in double figures. I think you look at the leadership of Aliyah Beattie. She has certainly been an emergence this year. Caitlin Lamardo, both sophomores that Coach Benford is developing mm-hmm. and you're wanting to see more offensive consistency out of them. You've got Kola Badbear, Gabby Maki. I think the emergence also of Madison Jackson, who's been hurt. So yep. she gave them really good minutes, Coulter, last year. She didn't play in a ton of games last year. But two years ago, she was the first one off the bench, averaging close to, I think, 16 minutes a game. And if you're Coach Benford, you want that championship mentality to continue with some of these young players.
0: I was so interested to see this as well. I think this is why this, this, this homestand and sort of vaulting now into the stretch run of the Big Sky Conference season is essential for MSU. Because last year, they had so many freshmen that contributed. They're the youngest team in the United States of America based on average class. But when you have seven freshmen and none of them have this defined requirement of what you need from them, each one can sort of take turns as the breakout. And we saw every single one of those young ladies have breakout games, but it was never expected that they had to have breakout full conference runs. I was wondering then, as sophomores, who's going to step up, and, and be essential cogs because you're going to need certain ones to do it. And I think every single one of them has had moments, but they're all sort of waiting to sort of seize that brass ring. So I think that no matter who it is, I just think that Montana State needs a couple of those freshmen now turned sophomores to sort of step up and, and embrace their positions as, as key members of the team, not just, you know, red-hot freshmen that, that uh, contribute from time to time.
1: Well, and they had a looseness about them last year. Totally. I mean, they they didn't know what they didn't know. That's right. So they just went out and played and came up. I mean, they were a great defensive team last year. Totally. And they have respect around the big sky. They're f- picked to finish number two in the coaches poll and the media. Um, and so I think you're obviously, you've nailed it. They are waiting and they are looking to see who is going to step up out of that crew. When I look at their starting five and then I look down the bench, Madison Jackson, Taylor Jansen, Ashley Van Sickle, Lexi Deeden, Ava Ranson. There's quite a few players that could step up at various times for Coach Binford. And I think this is going to be key against NAU. Now, if you're NAU, you're a team that likes to get up and down, right? They like to really take it at you and attack. In fact, in all honesty, I think Coach Binford and Coach Payne have similar styles. Attack that elbow, get to the basket. And if you're Coach Payne, you're really happy with the play of the Moran sisters. Mm Mm-hmm. They stepped up really big, um, 13 points and 17 points um, in that big win against Sac State, and traditionally you've had the Lauren Orndoff, the Nina Radford, who's come back on this year, Emily Rodabaugh, and of course Reagan Skank, who's the lead assist leader in the Big Sky. Boy, oh, fair players
0: if, in the league. Love Reagan Skank.
1: But if you're Coach Payne, you're very happy with some of your players that maybe haven't had the spotlight on them stepping up offensively for for multiple offensive weapons.
0: Round the Big Sky women's hoops, Chris Redpath presented this week by Cloth and Crown. Interesting note as well, worth noting because. Funny, we have two visiting coaches in the state of Montana tonight. One in Chelsea Gregg, who has deep Montana ties, and one in Lori Payne at NAU, who is a Haver native. And uh, always worth noting, because I know Montana, we love our uh, exports no matter where they possibly land. But Lori Payne and Coach Binford against each other, that's a great coaching matchup, too. You mentioned how they do it, sort of had similar styles. It's sort of reflective of the fact that they both were outstanding point guards during their playing careers, right?
1: For sure. I mean, they definitely know each other and know yes. of each other. I also think that Northern Arizona, Coach Payne was someone who really wanted Leah Beattie as well. They both wanted her. So it was Coach Binford and Coach Payne that both totally. wanted to sign her. So I think when you look at the type of player that they're looking for, it's similar. And I, I just see it, it's going to be a really fun game in Bozeman.
0: Take a look at some of the other games around the Big Sky Conference and give you a couple final thoughts on the rivalry game. A couple days away from now, kind of crazy that we're analyzing a rivalry game that has two games before it for both Montana and Montana State. More on Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath right after this. Oh! one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. From I always curate this thing, uh, all these playlists, for, you know, guests and themes and stuff like that. And Krista told me that she really likes Duran Duran. And I I couldn't totally get behind Duran Duran. But I somehow, while searching Duran Duran songs, found this all-time classic, Billy Ocean, for you here on Nuanas Now. This reminds me of my mom. I love Uh, all 80s music. That's good. Well, see, I was totally inundated in 80s music because my mother was an aerobics instructor all throughout the 80s. Love that. And so she used to make mixtapes. She was like the original mixtape maker.
1: She wore like leotards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So I would always go get her tapes and play them on on my tape Walkman. And she would have the coolest mixes, including songs like this. So shout out to you, Ma. Thanks for all the great musical taste you instilled in me. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops here on Nuanas now. Our good friend and Big Sky Conference insider, Krista Redpath, joining us here on a Thursday. Hope you're having an outstanding week. We do have Big Sky Conference Hoops back in the fold tonight, and thank goodness we do. So let's talk a little bit about the, the league as a whole right now, Krista. This week in Big Sky, excuse me, around the Big Sky Women's Hoops this week, presented by Cloth and Crown. Appreciate them for being a part of this awesome segment. Here's the games in the league tonight outside of. Portland State at Montana here in Missoula and Northern Arizona at Montana State in Bozeman. Idaho plays at Northern Colorado. Weber State plays at defending champion Idaho State and Eastern Washington plays at Sacramento State. So let's start with that first game. Idaho looked like they got a little bit back on track by beating Weber State last week, but then they stumbled in Bozeman on Monday. Not an easy place to play, and those two teams are expected to be contenders, but Idaho continues to sort of struggle. Northern Colorado... Uh, In their first year under a first-year head coach, also struggling a little bit. What do we think of that matchup? And and, uh, we're not counting out the Vandals yet, right? I mean, I still think that Idaho's a contender in this league.
1: They are, but Beyoncé is not enough for them. Totally. And she is a complete player. I've liked her from the beginning. I think that Beyoncé was very complimented or complimented very nicely by Gabby Harrington.
0: Yes, and also, Natalie and Natalie
1: Clinker. So we've talked about this on the show. I think they're looking for some offensive consistency, especially from Sydney Gandy. They they just are lost if they're not making threes every five every five seconds. Yeah. Well,
0: it it is amazing when you do define yourself by that. And there, there's that's no fault to John Newley in Idaho because. They had the best, the most prolific three point shooting due on the history of college basketball. That's not an exaggeration. Taylor Pearson, and Michaela Forens made like 875 threes combined. That's a rough estimation, but I believe that they're the only set of teammates in college basketball history, men or women, to hit 400 career threes each. So, when you get that, when that becomes sort of your defined identity, it's easy to see how when you have th- those two players,
1: right? And Taylor Pierce is on staff for Coach Newley, right. so I hope that she's working with Sydney Gandy, just saying, "Hey, you got to have confidence. You got to let loose out there." Um, so they're a different type of team this year. I do think that you're right; they'll always be there because Coach Newley, he he ta- he is. He has those girls coached and he will not stop. He will not just let his guard down. He will continue to push them. So I do think that Idaho will be in the mix, but if we have to talk about one team, Southern Utah. Totally. I mean, I, I'm really liking this team.
0: Five and so, in big set conference play.
1: I I look at their entire roster, okay, and I, I let's just let's just recap that overtime win at Northern Colorado. Totally. The sixty seven sixty three. I mean, I thought that was just it was a great game. I watched it. Um, but Madeline Eaton have 20 points. She doesn't even start. She comes off the bench, okay? But this Lizzie Williamson, 6'5", okay? She's Big a,
0: impact she, in the league so far. Definitely she, one of the front-runners for newcomer of the year in the league.
1: She's a transfer from Utah State, Yep. but she's so strong. I mean, rebounds, scoring. Um, I've always liked Sheridan Doherty. In fact, I even mentioned that it would not have been a surprise if I would have seen her on the first team, preseason. Totally. Preseason all-conference team. She is smooth. Um, She had nine points, five rebounds, five assists. So she's not even in double figures, but they're still winning. You know, when you look at like a Sac State, who's obviously not had a lot of success, and you look at the fact that they have scorers in the top part of the Big Sky Conference leaderboard, but they're not winning. Right. You know, you got to take a look at that, where Southern Utah has these impact players, okay? Lindsey Williamson is also a Boston Celtics fan, so I have to throw that (laughs) out there. She immediately, as soon as I was reading her bio, I'm like, I like that girl right away. Um, but Lizzie Williamson, Dari Dodson, those are all players. Um, I think, you know, SUU goes about seven deep. They play about eight players. Um, but when I look at their entire seven, I just get
0: fired up about them. A couple other teams uh, in the league, worth noting as we wrap up here around the Big Sky Women's Hoops this week, Weber State was off to a great start, and that's still, that's still the case compared to what they've been the last couple of years. They swept the Montana schools a couple weeks back, but then they stowed their toe last week and they lost uh, to both Idaho and Eastern Washington. And now they get the uh, the the reward of playing in Pocatello against the defending league champs. But uh, how important is it for Weber State to stop the bleedings? Too too dramatic of a phrase, but I mean, how important is it for Weber State to sort of get back on track here uh, if they are going to be a a team on the rise?
1: Well. Weber State commanded everyone's presence when they beat both Montana and Montana State. Totally. I mean, you beat both of those teams at home, you are going to open up eyes around the conference. Um, I think Weber State had some offensive lulls. It was a great defensive effort by Eastern Washington when they beat them. And that's, that's another team. I look at Eastern Washington holding them to 52 points. Eastern Washington finally got their, their two wins. Yep. Okay, under head coach Jody Gleason, first year. They've got a lot of newcomers, Coulter. But Jacinda Buckley and J.D. Martin have been two players that I, I really feel have um, been consistently able to produce for them. And then there's that question mark of Aliyah Alexander with injuries if she comes back into the mix. So Eastern Washington has played the least amount of games, too. You know, two and four. They're a team like Northern Colorado. They've had lots of disruptions with COVID, but they're another team that you could see come on
0: strong. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath. This week is presented by Cloth & Crown. Cloth & Crown, a beautifully curated women's clothing boutique located in downtown Missoula, selling good taste, quality, and confidence. You'll find alluring garments, apothecary, and jewelry and leather, both in-store and online. Visit clothandcrown.com to learn more Chris's Krista's wardrobe presented by Cloth & Crown today as well. And to bring it full circle, though, Krista, All the games in the league with or in-league play are important, but all eyes are going to be on the state of Montana this week because, first of all, Lori Payne continues to do an exceptional job in Northern Arizona. They are certainly a contender right now in the conference. They're in Bozeman tonight. They're in Missoula on Saturday. But then, of course, it'll come all the way back around for a rivalry game on Monday, which you can find here on SWX Montana Television, 7 p.m. on Monday. Chris Byers, Chris Redpath, and our other good friend Alex Eshelman all on the call from Bozeman on Monday. And so I do think this is a – we're going to have a lot more to analyze just in terms of sort of the hierarchy and the power rankings in this league coming out of this weekend.
1: Well, and I also think any time you have a rivalry game, Montana has not had a lot of success down in Bozeman. The last time they won was in 2014 in the brick. Trust me, Coach Binford's keeping track. Um, And so I think it'll be really interesting to go down there. I also think, I mean, the last time the Lady Grizz actually beat Montana State was in 2018 here at Dahlberg. So I think you have some players that are going to be looking to knock that dust off and get a win down in in Bozeman. And I think it should be a great environment
0: in the brick. Three games in Montana in the next five days for these teams. Two in Missoula for the Lady Grizz and then a trip to Bozeman and three in a row for Montana State. We'll give you... A recap of all the action next week on Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops. Really appreciate Cloth and Crown for you, the presenting sponsor of Around the Big Sky with Krista Redpath. You can visit them, Downtown Boutique in Missoula, or you can visit clothandcrown.com. We'll be back at it next week for Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops at 4 o'clock on Thursday. So we'll see you then. Krista, thank you so much for swinging by. Thank you, Coulter. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. I gave Carolyn a homework assignment. She hated it. She'll tell you all about why Tom Brady shouldn't be the sports person of the year. We'll also talk some NFL playoffs and some Big Sky Conference men's hoops. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally.